What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Junior from the Princeton women's hockey team, Annie Keel. Annie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and how's everything going? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for coming on once again. And obviously, your team is about to start off the second half of the season at the time of this recording. Um, how would you evaluate your team's performance as of now, especially since you guys ended off the first half on a positive note, sweeping Mercyhurst? Yeah, I think we're doing well so far. Um, I think that we could be doing better than we are. But again, it was the first half of the season. We had a really hard schedule. I mean, we opened up with Colgate and Cornell, two very talented teams and a really hard weekend for ECAC. But we have a lot of depth, we have a lot of talent, and we all get along great. So we're hoping for a better second half. And obviously, being a senior on this year's team, what type of leadership do you want to bring to the team? Are you a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? I'm actually only a junior because I took a gap year during COVID. So to preserve my eligibility. But I'm a junior, and I would say for my like leadership, um, I, my sister's freshman this year, so I try to connect some of the younger players, some of the older players, as well as just like head down, know your role, vocal, but just do what needs to be done and like lead by example. Now, what's been the biggest improvement you think you've made to your game so far this year? And how did you work on it during the offseason to make the improvement that you've made so far? Ooh, um, this summer, I would say I focused a lot on just like strength and conditioning and just being a better all around athlete. And I think I've been able to translate that to my game more. I started off this season on defense, actually, and now I'm back to forward. But I think because of like my training in the summer and off the ice, I was a more well-rounded athlete, more adaptable to fulfill different positions. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously going from forward to defense, um, do you think you learned something from defense that's helped you out as a forward or vice versa? For sure. I think defense see the ice differently, like when they're reading transitions and reading the rush. So I think some of the things that I was looking for at D, I now recognize as a forward. And I've been trying to apply that more to my forward game. Now, talk about what it's like playing in the ECAC this year, because in my opinion, it's probably the deepest conference in the country. Um, doing just research on the pairwise, there could be two or three teams in this year's conference that won't make the tournament that definitely could deserve to get in. So talk about just the competition that you face every weekend, because obviously you have the Ivy League schools, but you also have some other good opponents like Clarkson and Quinnipiac that definitely uh, make it challenging for your team to go up against them. Yeah, the ECAC, it's very deep. It's a very talented league. Um, I think you go into every weekend and you have to compete. There's no like off weekend per se. And just the players that you meet, you run into so much talent, so much depth. So I think what makes the ECAC unique from other conferences and what makes it so um, strong is just every weekend is a competition. There's no off days. Every competitor is going to step up when they play you. Now, you guys got to go to Nashville this year. I kind of want to ask you about that experience. How cool was it to go down to Nashville and play uh, Northeastern and Cornell? And what did you take away from that experience? It's a very fun experience. It was over Thanksgiving, so a nice long weekend. Um, Cornell and Northeastern, both like very talented teams, um, lots of depth in those rosters. I have friends on the team. It was fun to play against them. Um, the Predators practice facility is a great facility. It was a very unique experience. And 
the games were fun. I think the Cornell game ended in a shootout with a win was also a great way to top off the weekend, but overall super grateful for that experience. Did you guys get to do anything fun when you were down in Nashville? Like, I don't know. I've never been there before, but like, I'm assuming there's some fun stuff to do around the city. I've never been there until that weekend. Like we walked down Broadway, which is really cool. And it's very different from Princeton, New Jersey. Um, We also went to the Grand Old Opry and listened to some performers, which was really cool. Um, from the Midwest, so don't see country music too often, but um, overall, like, very unique, very different experience. I also want to ask you about your home rink, because you get to play in one of the coolest rinks in college hockey, in my opinion, and I think it's one of the oldest, if I'm not mistaken, in Hobie Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about what it's like playing in that barn, and just what it's like, just the atmosphere and all that, because that's, it's, I've never been there before, but it looks really cool. This weekend, we're actually celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Hobie Baker ring. So we have a big Hobie Baker 100 weekend, like a bunch of alumni are coming back. Stanley Cup is coming. There's like a big celebration for it. Um, it's a very traditional, like you can feel the history in the rink. I think like the stone walls and the banners and the paddy cas and Hobie Baker are both from Princeton. It's just you're very grateful every time and you can like feel the history and feel the tradition every time you step in it. So I now want to transition and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work all the way up to where you are today. So doing research on yourself, it says that you're from Edina, Minnesota. So talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? My dad was a hockey player at the University of Notre Dame, and my mom was actually a field hockey player. Um, She's originally from New Jersey, which is kind of full circle how I ended up in Princeton. Um, But yeah, my older sister one day was signing up to go play, and I decided if she was going to do it, so was I. And I was fortunate enough where Edina has a really enriched girls youth program, so I never had to play on a boys team. I always got to play with the girls. And Grew up surrounded by a bunch of talented players, some of which are now my competitors, and I just ended up working out and just kept working at it, and here we are a couple of years later. Awesome. And who was your favorite player growing up? Was it someone in the NHL or was it a women's player on the national team? I always loved um, – so, like, the women's national team, it wasn't as media publicized as it is now – But like I was always really inspired by my teammates around me and my dad being the hockey player that he was. That's awesome. And I want to ask you a little bit about your high school hockey experience with Edina. So just talk about what you took away from the experience. And when you look back on it today, how did it help prepare you for college hockey? Um, I was coached by Sammy Reber, who is a Harvard alum, and she brought a lot of expertise and taught me a lot throughout like my high school years, which allows me to translate it now to college. Um, I think some of the players that I've grown up playing with, some went D1, some went D3, some played club hockey, but there was overall a love and passion for hockey and doing well with it. So I was really grateful to be surrounded by a great community. Um, Edina loves hockey. So even just the Edina greater community, I'm really fortunate to have had that growing up. Um, I think it's fun to look back and like think of the memories of the road trips or the state championships or just the different tournaments and leagues. And then now seeing a lot of those girls performing at the higher level, but we still share those shared experiences. Yeah, that sort of leads me into my next question. But what's like the best memory you have uh, from your high school hockey days? It was for sure my senior year. My team went into double overtime against Brainerd and won the state championship. That's awesome, man. Obviously, 
uh, doing research on Adina hockey, you were talking about some of the players you got to play with. Then you got to play with some really, really talented players. You got to play with Mauro Uline from Penn State, Emily Odin from Minnesota, Hanny Chorsky from Harvard, and Cece Bowlby from Dartmouth, just to name a few. I'm curious, how does playing with players like that help prepare you for college hockey, but also make you a better hockey player? Every day in practice, like showing up and knowing like you had to compete and push your um, peers to be better players. I even have the opportunity to play like CeCe Bowlby, like you said, I'll play her this weekend. Han Chorsky, I'll play her this weekend. And like sharing those bonds, like we'll push each other in the games, just like we did back in practice in high school. Um, Overall, just like becoming an adaptable player by pushing your friends and your peers was really um, special to have in high school. Now, I know you guys are competitors now, but do you still talk to some of your high school teammates today? Of course. I actually, over winter break, just played in my alumni game. So I got to go back to the Braemar West and skate with like my little sister and a bunch of my uh, former teammates. That's awesome. And talk a little bit about the Minnesota high school hockey scene and what's it like being a player in that? Because I'm from the East Coast, so it's sort of hard to understand just how big it is. Because here in the East Coast, it's very rare to play public high school hockey and make it to the division one level, you usually have to move out to prep school or go to juniors. So just talk about how unique the Minnesota high school hockey scene is and what it's like being in it. Because I did think it's, I do think it's kind of cool that you guys sell out the XL center uh, in Minnesota for a high school state championship game, because that's sort of unheard of in other parts of the U S. Mm-hmm. I've had to do the reverse and learn the whole like prep school links and like the juniors and boarding and like I've learned how that all works together. But the high school, the Minnesota State High School League is a really unique um, conference and just league in the way it's organized. I think it's really special that you get to represent your hometown or your school and where you're from through the high school level. So I'm really grateful that I was able to represent Edina from like the time I started playing until I was going to college. Um Again, like the Minnesota State Tournament, it's really special. I think it's special for the boys and the girls. My senior year, we won it as well as the boys. So it was fun to win it. And then we got to go support our boys team. And I think it draws because Minnesota is a really big community. And that's what makes the league so special. I've heard that Adina is not very well liked amongst the other <laughs> Minnesota high schools. Why is that? Because I sort of like how your team's so successful. It makes it, it makes me want to be a fan, even though I'm not from Minnesota. Yeah, um, <laughs> obviously a biased opinion, but like Lovey Dina, very proud to be from there. I honestly took more pride in people being so against us, being so hated. And like coaches would tell us, like, you have a target on your back, everyone's going to play their best game against you. And I think that's a very special thing to have because then it just pushes you to be better every time you play someone and know what you're representing. But I don't know why it's so hated. <laughs> it's probably because you guys win so much. That's usually why. <laughs> probably. Now, you got to play with your younger sister, Jane, in high school, and now you get to play with her again in college. I'm curious what it's been like to share your hockey experience with your younger sister, because it's very rare where two siblings get to play with each other, both in high school and college, just because of how the recruiting process works. So that must be cool for yourself to have that experience with her. Yes, my parents love it. Um, we actually played on a line with each other for a little bit, which was fun. I'm sure we'll go back at some point, but It's been a very special experience, especially since she's coming in as a freshman. I'm an upperclassman. She kind of has that like wide eyed, everything's new. So it's refreshing for me to be like, remember where you are and be grateful for it. 
And then it's also nice to have just family and a reminder of home on campus because Princeton is quite challenging, but she's been doing great. She loves it. Um, I like to think that she enjoys having me as an older sister on the team, but it's a very special experience. And I think we do a good job of acknowledging that. And obviously your parents like the travel schedule. They don't have to go to two different teams. Yes, they love that. And then like if we're not on the same line, they can watch whenever because one keel is hopefully out there. <laughs> it's great for that's, them. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about your recruitment process to Princeton. What made you want to go there versus other schools you might have looked at? And yeah. Uh, my mom is originally from New Jersey. So she's from South Jersey, grew up here. And part of me knew that I wanted to go East Coast just because something new, something different. I think a lot of Minnesota likes Minnesota. But for me, I just kind of wanted to change it up. Um, was looking at schools like this is when the recruiting rules are different. So I think it was like freshman, sophomore year, sometime around there. And it came down to a couple of schools and Princeton just was the right fit hockey wise. I value school. So academically, I thought it was really challenging, but great. And just it's hard when you step on this campus to not choose here. Like it's a gorgeous campus. It's a historic ring. I think it's all around package. And talk about some of the biggest adjustments you had to make to college and college hockey. Was it the speed of the game, the physicality, or just the decision-making that you have to have since the game's so much faster? I think it's for sure the speed of the game. You can come in here like a very skilled player, great shot, like great skater, but like your hockey IQ and your ability to read plays is definitely an adjustment. Um, Thankfully, again, because of my high school, I think, I was well prepared to make that adjustment, but um, it definitely was a hard one to make. And yeah. And talk about how you balance both hockey and academics at an Ivy League school, because it's obviously tough to balance just the hockey side of things, but adding an Ivy League education to that is even more challenging. What's your secret on how you balance both? My secret on how I balance both. Well, with school, I tell myself it's always going to get done. Like, no matter what, like, I know it's going to get dumb, done. If there's a will, there's a way. I try to stay on top of my work, stay ahead, don't fall behind. Um, I enjoy what I study. I enjoy what I'm learning. And I think that helps too. And then with hockey, I think people underestimate how much work college athletics could be. And it's even harder if you don't love the sport you're playing or don't love what you're doing. And I truly love going to the rink every day with my teammates and having fun. So I think instead of it almost being like a job that I've heard some college athletes struggle with, it's more of like an opportunity that I get to play every day. Now, during your freshman year, your team won the ECAC championship. Uh, Talk about what it was like winning that championship and what it meant to you. That was very special for me as a freshman, just because it really set like the bar high. I think we had a great set of upperclassmen leaders that year and just a really deep roster. And it was very special to have that championship. Unfortunately, COVID prohibited the rest of that season from happening, but it's a really big highlight to look back at and remember. Yeah, and at least you got to end that season on a high note. And also, when thinking about that game, obviously Princeton was the big underdogs because Cornell was one of the top teams in the country that year. Heading into that game, I'm curious what the mindset was like for your team, uh, sort of being the underdogs on the road. We kind of, we went down in that game, I want to say like 2-0 or like 1-0. We were down for a little bit 
And we were just kind of were like, well, like it can't get worse. Like it's going to be okay. And just never got down, like always stayed positive, like kept good energy. And I think that mindset just helped us get through the game and then eventually led us to win it. Now your sophomore year or quote unquote sophomore year uh, got canceled (laughs) uh, due to COVID. I'm curious how you handled the challenge of not playing games that season and how it's how you sort of had to adjust to it your junior year, because I feel like not playing hockey is definitely sort of like just taking a year off is sort of tough, especially when it's non-injury related, because Mm -hmm. it must be sort of like kind of like a process to get back into playing shape. Yeah, so I finished my freshman year and then I would say a majority of my team that season decided to take the year off so that we wouldn't lose a year of eligibility at Princeton. And then came back again for my sophomore year, which was last season. So during that year off, I was at home. I was training, obviously not playing. And it was hard in the sense of we're all competitors, like with no opportunity to compete. It was really hard to deal with mentally along with everything else going on in the world. But I coached a U12 team in Minnesota and helped them out. Um, I was also coaching um, various other uh, like uh, communities and I felt just like staying involved in hockey and working on the development of like youth players and seeing them compete helped fulfill that lack of competition within my game yeah and also must be do you get something out of coaching like is it seeing the game from another perspective does that help you as a player especially coming back uh, to your sophomore year uh, last year Yeah, I really liked coaching. I thought it was a lot of fun. It did build a lot of different perspectives for me, especially since I was coaching like younger. I was coaching like 12 year old girls and like seeing them finally understand like basic concepts, almost like deconstructed the game and allowed me to think in more like black and white opposed to like so complex. Uh, Will you be coaching after your playing career is over or is that something you're considering? I don't know. I would love to. I think it'd be great. I don't like to think that far into the future, but hockey is definitely something I'd love to stay involved in for as long as I can. And if that's coaching, then that's coaching. If that's playing, then that's playing. Now, last question before we get into the non-hockey segment is what are your team's goals and expectations uh, for the rest of this year? For the rest of the season, I think we would like to outperform more. I think maybe get a couple of upsets in there right now we're not ranked nationally and I think we definitely compete with some of the teams that are ranked and we'll have the opportunity to do so so get a couple upsets in there get back in the ranking like reestablish ourselves as like a team that people should be concerned with so we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment uh, just to get to know you and your team a little bit more off the ice so first one is what is your what type of music do you like to listen to I like like 2000s pop is a go-to. I like the SoundCloud, like EDM music. I think that is probably what I listen to most. So it's 2000s pop, like Justin Bieber. I'm trying to think who else would sort of be in that category. Yes. Love Justin Bieber, like a little Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, I feel like I listen to that like on the car driving to places because it's always on the radio. Yeah. It's always on the radio. Everyone knows it. It's fun. <laughs> Now, what is your most embarrassing hockey moment? Oh, um, my most embarrassing hockey moment. I once shot, and I have a video of it, which makes it embarrassing, but I once shot in a shootout and I scored. But then as I was coming back to the bench, I fell during my celebration. 
And that was probably my most like embarrassing. It was when I was young. So really embedded in my head. <laughs> At least you scored though. So I feel like it makes that's, it less embarrassing. That's true. <laughs> now, who is the funniest on the Princeton women's hockey team? Oh gosh. I can make a couple people upset with my answer. Um, everyone brings a different level of funniness. I think Jen Olnowich, our goalie, she's really funny. I think Mia Coeen, she's a sophomore forward. She's really funny too. I would give it to one of them. Now, I, I, in my humble opinion, I think your team might have the best style in all of college hockey. I saw the pregame <laughs> outfits that you guys pulled up with in Nashville. Mm-hmm. But if you had to pick anyone on the team who had the best style, who would that be? Mariah Keppel, hands down. She always goes all out. Like, she's texting me before what she's wearing. I, she obviously has the best style on our team. Do you guys have something big planned for the 100th anniversary of Hobie? I feel like you have to. We have some things in the works, so <laughs> you're going to have to pay attention to our social media to see that. That's awesome. Well, I'll definitely will be. Now, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? I've seen or read this week. Um, hmm. I haven't read or seen that much this week, but I don't know. Maybe I don't really have anything. I can't think of anything right now. I think for myself, I saw I was watching the Sabres Capitals game last night and Tage Thompson scored like three goals in that game. It was like his third hat trick. It was their third overtime win, and he was, it was like his 30th goal, and it was pretty cool because the Buffalo Bills player that got injured on Monday night, he wore number three. So it was kind of a cool tribute to him that they scored all those goals and it all related to the number three. That is cool. I did not see that, but that's really cool. Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Someone that I don't know? Um, It could be someone who you know or don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I would really like to have lunch. I mean, right now I would say like one of my mom or dad because I miss them. But if I'm picking someone cool, then probably like a famous athlete of some sort. I don't, I don't have any cool answers for that, but probably my mom or dad right now. (laughs) That's a good answer though. I would probably say like Tom Brady or Wayne Gretzky, someone like who's like dominated their sport. I think they'll be interesting to hear what they have to say. Be a good conversation. Now, getting back to some hockey questions now. Uh, first one is, what advice would you give younger players that are listening to this podcast on what it takes to make it to the Division One level where you are today? I would remind them or tell them to remind themselves why they play the sport that they play and to truly fall in love with the sport because it's really hard to compete at the Division One level if you don't truly love what you're doing. And I would also tell them to work hard every day. Obviously, it's cliche advice, but I think putting in the effort every day creates discipline. And that's really important to make it to the higher level. Now, what should be done to help grow women's hockey, in your opinion? That is a big question. Um, I think there's a lot that can be done to grow it. I think there's been a lot in recent Um, years that has grown it I think it starts with just overall recognition of the game I think everyone recognizes some of the big players like Hillary Knight or Kendall Coyne but some of these young up-and-coming players are also just as good and can compete just as well and that's obviously not a bash to older players but staying updated with who's new and upcoming would be big I think media recognition and not just 
acknowledging women as an afterthought. Like we're not asking to take away time from like boys game, but we're asking to be treated or like given as much time as the boys. And then I just support is the big thing. Just more constant support of the development of the game, I think is going to help grow. Yeah, absolutely. And I was reading somewhere where it was like the top 25, like, like players under like 23 in women's hockey. And I think Sarah Fillier was like in the top five, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. She, I think she was too. What's it like playing with her, especially since she has the gold medal now? Yeah, she is really just a great teammate, a great leader, um, an inspiration to look up to. I mean, she has so many accolades to back her game. And I think it's really special that I have the opportunity to compete with her every day in practice. But She's also like my teammate. She's my friend. She's my classmate now. She's a junior. So I have another year with her and I'm just grateful every day that I get to be her teammate. Have you gotten to see the gold medal by any chance? I have gotten to see it. It's heavier it than heavy? you think. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It looked the ones that they gave out last Olympics look pretty cool. Just like the whole like red design with the lanyard or whatever. So I, I feel like that's a good one to get. Yeah, it's a cool one. Now, before we end this interview, I just want to let you, if, if you had any shout outs you want to give to any of your teammates, former teammates, family members, friends, um, or if you just want to say something, uh, the floor is all yours. Uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for all my teammates and a lot of my friends, too, who I'm not on a team with and haven't been on a team with, but I've been training with for a while. Um, just grateful to be here still and playing somehow and yeah. Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast, Annie. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to myself. And I wish you all the best uh, for the rest of the season. I know your team's going to do big things. And yeah, best of luck uh, with your future endeavors as well. Yeah, thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, oh, oh. You wanna fall in love? You-